Welcome to Wholeness, a podcast for women. Explore and connect with your feminine body and discover your wholeness through simple embodied practices and open conversations. With women's yoga therapist, Kate Payne, and women's physiotherapist, Taryn Gordon. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Taryn, and welcome to this episode of Wholeness. We are chatting around the narrative and the normalization of pelvic pain. And it really is something that women do normalize, or not what we normalize it, but it is normalized for women. And so I think that's a really beautiful place to start is around that narrative and some of the stories that we are told around pelvic pain and how it is normalized for women. Mm, It's such a great topic of conversation because I see a lot, particularly on platforms like Instagram, where I see a lot of women who are celebrating the fact that they have their cycle and that they're really in tune with their cycle as this is just one example of pelvic pain in the menstrual cycle but they're celebrating and they're connected with their menstrual cycle which is wonderful and I fully and wholeheartedly celebrate that piece but when they're on sort of day one or two of their bleed they're posting images and videos of themselves uh, crawling into bed um, with a heat pack, suffering from, you know, really quite, in that instance, quite debilitating um, period pain. It's preventing them from being able to move about their day uh, as they not perhaps normally would because, um, you know, it's a time that the body is shedding. And so there it, is, it can be a time for many women where energy is not as um, available. But certainly um, this normalization of climbing into bed with a heat pack is, is something that has become quite normalized um, and something that is, as we both know, not normal. Period pain is not normal to that degree and that is really the body's uh, signal of disharmony and further investigation um, you know is warranted to uncover what might be causing that pain and so I love that we'll be talking about this today because really pelvic health and pelvic pain moves across many areas not just uh, the menstrual cycle. So I'm excited to dive into to some of those. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many other spaces where women experience um, pelvic pain and this normalisation. Um, and because we don't talk about pelvic health so much, um, it's often that women are feeling like, well, I was unsure if this was normal or not normal, but I've experienced it for so long that I just feel like this is how my body operates and how my body is. Uh, For example, pain with sex, which is far more common than perhaps we would be led to believe. And when women often come to see me, when they've experienced pain with sex, the dialogue is that they have always experienced pain with sex and it stems from often the conversations that we have when we are uh, younger women and perhaps experiencing sex for the first time and we are told uh, to expect that our first experience might be painful. Um, and I think that even, even that um, is um, quite alarming because I, I sense that if we were f- more in tune with our body and more understanding and knowing of our body, we would actually know how to be with our body in a way that 
didn't cause pain uh, or sex to be painful, even if it was our first instance and experience, and that we should actually never experience pain with intimacy um, and sex. But because we have this narrative around uh, pain will be normal, to be expected, particularly with your first couple of times of having um, intimate and sexual relationships. And then for a lot of women, they, they say, well, that's what I was told to expect. And then it never changed for me. Other women experience pain with sex after perhaps a traumatic experience or they've moved through a significant transition phase in their life, maybe a really significant hormonal change or pelvic floor pelvic muscular changes um, and then go on to experience pain with sex when they haven't previously and even in those instances there is this sense of well it must be now that I've had children this is what my body's like or now that I've moved through menopause uh, and that you know my my hormones are different now uh, that I expect that you know sex will be painful uh, forevermore because this is how my body is now. Um, and that's just two examples of, you know, this significant pelvic pain, like you said, that can be debilitating. Uh, and we think of this really intimate part of our body and we're thinking of it in sexual relationships and how uh, challenging that can be for women who want to be intimate with their partners but experience this incredible pain um, which is so disjointed from the pleasure that they're wanting to experience and the beautiful sexual experience and engagement that they're wanting with their partners, that, of course, it can be the cause of relationships to break down. Uh, so we'll talk further around the actual implications of pelvic pain, but I would like to um, explore even more um, of where you've seen and experienced um, this normalization of pelvic pain we've run through two beautiful examples just now mm. I think the the menstrual cycle for sure um, particularly as young women when um, because we particularly for us with I guess the culture that we've both grown up in that there isn't this active celebration of a woman um, moving into her menstruating years and so the narrative and the story that is told to many women is oh you've got your period now and oh that's going to be such a challenge every month and oh you're so young and you're at school and you're going to have to deal with you know taking pads or tampons to the toilet and probably going to have to do that really secretively and um and, you know, don't tell people that you've got your period and make sure that you keep it, you know, really to yourself. And all of these stories uh, and narrative that's really sold to us as young women, um, when we really are at an age where we're already moving through so, ma so many transitions, um, our hormones are already changing as we move into becoming a woman. We're moving through years where we are starting relationships potentially with um, with other people and, you know, moving through the later years um, of high school. And there's just, there's already so many things that young women have to move through in a way that, um, you know, that we want women to feel supported in that in all of those transition phases so from the age of sort of 10 or 11 through to you know sort of 20 I suppose you know those teenage those teenage years um that you know have have so much story and so much narrative around as well um I think and so yeah there's definitely the narrative around that um the other area that I that I see um, not having experienced it myself yet, but is the opposite end of that spectrum through into menopause. So I have a lot of students um, who have who are either currently going through menopause or who have been through menopause, and um, and 
the the general narrative that I'm hearing and and seeing around menopause is really similar to menstruation, but just at a completely different age bracket. You know, it's going to be challenging. Um, you're going to experience, you know, varying levels of pain and discomfort. There's going to be this emotional roller coaster attached with it, and again there's all of this story and narrative that's taking place and my sense is as with all things and having experienced firsthand the power of information um, and seeing that with clients and students the power of of information and knowledge about the feminine body about a woman's body that um, so many of those stories that we've been told and so many of those narratives don't have as much impact on us as we move through those transitions so that's they're just a couple of areas that I've seen some really strong narrative around the normalization of pelvic pain and all of the things that are associated with pelvic pain all of the emotional components that come with that as well and I know you've obviously mentioned pain with sex is a big one um, with your work what other areas do you see that narrative playing out in yes uh, there's so much from the goodness that you share just now and the narratives and that this is to be expected and this is what it will feel like and we're talking often when we say this is what it will feel like talking amongst other women's from a very negative perspective it's going to be so inconvenient detrimental and I love also when you talk to the when we're talking about pain pain is of course a physical sensation that we feel in our body um, but when we're talking about pain we're also talking about the emotional pain and the energetic you know the stagnancy that we can sense and feel in our body as well um, and that mind body and that spiritual body disconnect that we can also experience um, so we will talk about that more um, yes endometriosis is obviously a huge um, one that we know that um, many women experience but have such difficulty in having one an accurate diagnosis um, and the, the the narrative that I see often there is that women go to doctor after doctor after doctor saying how they are in such pain and it's dismissed because the narrative is well that's to be expected expected periods are painful uh, and so mm -hmm. women are then having this challenge with healthcare professionals saying yeah but my pain is different you know mm -hmm. And so one, we're expecting pain is normal, um, which it's not. And then two, when we're saying we have pain, uh, well, yeah, that's normal. So why are you coming to me with this problem? Because it's a, it's a normal problem that women experience and you're just going to have to find a way to move through it. Mm -hmm. um, another one that came to mind as you were speaking, and I find this so interesting, is um, through the increased awareness of pelvic health and things like incontinence so leakage um, of urine perhaps after having babies for example uh, that there is this strong message around pelvic floor exercises and doing your pelvic floor exercises and this will really nicely indicate why Kate and I are so passionate around one knowing your body and knowing you know, a woman's body, but even more so knowing your own body and how dangerous it can be to give blanket referrals and statements for women to follow. Uh, and what we see in the pelvic health world, and particularly as a pelvic health therapist, physiotherapist who does um, internal assessments on women, so well, for women, um, and looking at the pelvic floor, the strength and the coordination of the muscles and the um, tone of the muscles is that women who are experience, experiencing pelvic pain often have hypervigilant or high tone pelvic floor. And the message that young women are even receiving is that we need to start doing our pelvic floor exercises from a long, a young age so that we have long term 
pelvic health. And so what we're seeing is young women following that recommendation and that advice and doing their pelvic floor exercises, even though they don't have any concerns with their pelvic health, but in doing so much pelvic floor exercise are creating this high tone, hypertonicity, hypertonic uh, pelvic, uh, pelvic floor, which then leads to pelvic pain. Um, and then so because they then have this limited access to information and these blanket statements, then they feel, oh, I must have something wrong with my pelvic floor. Maybe it's weak. So I need to do more of my exercises. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like one, understanding the female body, two, mm -hmm. understanding your female body, and three, access to really accurate information um, and also uh, personalised information as well. And that's really where the piece of getting to know your own body um, comes into play and finding a health professional who is actually going to treat you and understand that you are an individual woman in a unique body that has its own unique environment and that um, these blanket um, statements, things like pain is normal, you're going to experience that or you need to do this exercise or have this regime, um, is they're, they're just not serving women um, in a way that's good enough. Mm. So does that take you in your mind? So many places. The one piece that I want to start with is the education of understanding how the female anatomy works and something as simple as just understanding how the pelvic floor works which is why I love yoga so much and it feels so resonant from a women's health perspective because when we're working with breath and particular types of movement we're working with that system of the core which includes the pelvic floor and so just by using the breath and moving the body in a certain way we are in essence doing our, you know, in quotation marks, our pelvic floor exercises. And so if a woman does not have um, any disharmony in her pelvic floor, there's nothing specifically that she needs to be doing, you know, um, specific exercises for, then that offers a really beautiful um, practice for women to start to tune into how their pelvic floor naturally um, contracts and releases just by simply breathing by simply breathing in and out we are automatically our pelvic floor is contracting and releasing so I find that fascinating um, I always have found that fascinating since learning more about that um, component of you know bringing in this lens of women um, and yoga and I think if young women but really at any age were um, had access to this information which really is simple it's simple to understand and it's a very simple visceral experience that women can have as well that can be really quite profound um, and certainly with women that I've had come through um, women's yoga trainings and for yoga therapy sessions and even just women we've had in workshops together you and I that that simple understanding of just how the system of the core works can be mind-blowing for women who have been perhaps told to do certain amount of pelvic floor exercises um, and they've been doing those and and then they they see this and receive this information um, and it's like oh that's it like it's it's that simple I just have to move my body in a particular way and breathe wow I thought that I had to be doing all of these different things when in actual fact I didn't have to be and really the missing piece was understanding their body at a deeper level and I think that's such an important um, piece that you've brought into the space and we always circle back to that in every podcast episode the importance of women having the understanding of their physical body 
than their energetic body and their emotional body and how they all interplay with one another because pain having that physical experience of pain then has an, an emotion attached to it an energy attached to it which then plays out in their day-to-day life in a particular way and it really can create a really big bigger picture for someone to see how they move through the world and why they do certain things and don't do certain things because of that pain and the narrative that they have attached to that pain. Another area that is quite common um, that that I've seen is uh, PCOS, particularly around um, menstrual pain. And again, uh, that's not something that tends to be overly investigated unless a woman has an absence of periods um, or uh, uh, a very small amount of periods. Um, per year say uh, perhaps they're looking towards their fertility years if they're making that decision Um, and so I my sense is that um, and certainly from you know the, the the clinical evidence that things like endometriosis like you mentioned and PCOS are are two um causes of menstrual pain that women um are not really receiving you know diagnosis in a timely manner Um, they are often unfortunately being told by many health professionals that their pain is normal Um, it's a normal part of being a woman and part of their cycle and and often as we know that the the answer often is um, for women to move move on to a contraceptive pill or something that helps them to you know again in quotation marks regulate their cycle um, and that that should fix the problem and as we both know and as the evidence would clinical evidence would show as well that that often does not solve the problem because we're not really getting to the root cause of the problem but we're using that as a band-aid for um, what's really going on where does that yeah mind so I think that's beautifully said not to the root cause and often uh then being the catalyst for further problems to uh stem from there so with you know um hormone replacement therapy or the contraceptive pill for example uh being one the masking band-aid of finding the actual root cause of the problem but then stemming on to things like significant weight gain or depression um and then that's not even to go into risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease and other things like that um, but those really immediate like wow this is really disconnecting me with my relationship from my body even further and that's just on the physical level and then if we really thought about we're, we're, we're rather than regulating the cycle what I sense is that we're actually stripping the woman's connection with her true cycle and what I wanted to go back to is that uh that statement that you really opened with is this this expectation of pain and the normalization and the crawling into the bed and putting the heat pack on and this knowing that women have this cyclical nature that we have a rhythm to us and that certain times of our cycle and you know when we talk about the cycle of a woman we're talking about yes her hormonal cycles her menstrual cycle but I feel like there's also the environment um, that we're immersed in um, our environmental cycles and what's happening within our life and in our world as well so there's many cycles going on um at once right but this innate um within hormonal menstrual cycle that we have and yes there are going to be times where we're turning more inwardly we have less energy uh we uh might not be so uh feeling so such vitality in our body but we still feel well and we can still feel a sense of wholeness. And I feel like there is somewhat of a, a fine line or 
what could be confusing for women as, well, how do I know? Like what is normal and what's actually, no, this isn't normal because we do have this fluctuating cycle. We're going to have times where we are less energetic. And for me, that really comes down to uh, being able to tune into your body and ask yourself, does this feel like something that is part of my natural experience and my natural nature as a woman? Or does this feel like something more than that? And often when I help women to get into the body, um, I mean, they do all of the work, right? I'm just guiding them um, and becoming communication with their body. There is a clear, articulate understanding and ability to answer that question. And often where it gets blurred of what's normal or not normal is when a health practitioner or professional is thrusting upon them uh, certain medications or ways of treating these, in quotation marks, problems. And the woman feels like she has to take that on board and in taking that on board, she loses this trust that she has in her body uh, and the, um, you know, that communication line um, that she has with her body can be somewhat, I sense, um, uh, I'm not going to say it's like she wouldn't misinterpret it. Um, but the, the clear signals can be dulled a little bit. And this is not to say that I'm against medication or different ways of accessing wellness through all of the things that we have available to us um, because I'm in complete support of all the modalities when they feel aligned and right for the woman, when it comes as a clear choice in a way that was fully understood by her, the, the benefits, the risks, you know, that full access to information and then a clear decision made by the woman autonomously about her health. Um, but, yes, what, what do you sense when we're like, how do we know what's normal and then what's beyond this normal, you know, cyclical nature? Mm, it's such a great question and... Certainly a couple of pieces that you mentioned really hit home around we can experience moments in our life where our energy is lower, we have feel like we, we need to be more introspective um, and that can occur at, outside of um, a menstrual cycle but also within a menstrual cycle but we still have this sense like you say of of feeling well this sense of wholeness still remains even in those moments where um, we feel like we have less vitality as such and I think there's that sense as we always speak about that that the body hasn't failed us in any way, that it's moving through its natural rhythm and cycle, that the body's not broken. Um, so there's not a there's not this sense that there's something gravely wrong with the body. Um, but I think for many women, there's it's a it's a challenge not to feel like that because we're often you and I are often interacting with women who uh, are not in their early menstruating years these are women who are well past menstruate you know in their menstruating early menstruating years they're women who are um, embarking on um, fertility and pregnancy and postpartum and and more towards the menopause um, so for those women we're talking decades in some instances of reprogramming that needs to happen um, where you know, they may have started menstruating when they were 
12 or 13. Um, they went on the contraceptive pill when they were 17 and they were on the contraceptive pill through until they were, you know, in their early 30s and they came off the off the contraceptive pill because they wanted to um, start a family and there were things that happened around that particular time in their life. Um, and so I, and then, you know, and then on for into postpartum period and, and beyond. And so for women to, you know, it takes a lot, it's a lot of work. As we know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of practice. It's a lot of stillness and acceptance and surrender to really deprogram this these and and rewrite these stories and this narrative that we've literally been living in our bodies for in some instances decades um so i think you know it's it's a lot of patience as we know it's a lot of patience it's a lot of acceptance it's a lot of trial and error as well, uh, experiencing things and reflecting on how they felt and trying different things and keeping an open mind to, um, you know, a more, you know, we, we talk about it as this holistic approach, but really it's like this innate intelligence that the body has and it's really tuning in and finding this alignment with the body's natural rhythm and natural makeup and so um, really owning that you're willing to do the work that you're willing to have the patience to do the work um, because you really firmly believe that there is another way and that what you're experiencing is not how it should be that there is a is a light at the end of the tunnel which looks like deep connection to the feminine body uh, a deep um, and then by having deep connection to our own feminine body how that then impacts our relationship with other women um, and men in our lives as well it's this knock-on effect isn't it Mm -hmm. absolutely and there's what I love is where you're talking about be willing to do the work and what I often see is a not an unwillingness but an expectation that when we when you really spoke then around where this all began and where this often stems from is such an early age Mm -hmm. and even prior to menstruation um, I feel like you know young girls watching their mothers get dressed and you know even looking at themselves in the mirror where if, if the mother is not fully in her body and acceptance in acceptance of her body and that you know I look fat or this doesn't suit me or you know that disconnect what they're observing then they're like oh I should start judging and criticizing my body as a learnt behavior and what's wrong with me if mum's not you know feeling great in her body and so yeah. it can start well before menstruation and then when we get to this part of really yearning for this deep acceptance and connection with our body and to not experience pain and to feel like no I'm not no longer willing to be with this anymore we often look to the quick fix and Mm. the quick fix can be one the medication masking it can be the contraceptive pill um it could be um trying acupuncture or you know something that's you know in quotation marks more alternative or considered more natural um but when we're talking about this through the layers and the layered lens it's going to take well more than doing something at a physical or functional level and it's going to be take a lot longer than a day or a month you know it can take a long time but mm. at the same time as we step into this process we can often feel ourselves it, I, I sense this lightening or releasing or opening sort of sensation where we feel like okay we're getting closer we're getting more connected I understand more my body has revealed more to me and when we say it's a lot of work it's a it's a commitment and it's a 
persistence and it's sitting with what is and sitting in the discomfort of what is and also not knowing the answers and the answers might not come immediately and being willing to sit into that integrative process um, but also at the same time what I loved is about what you said there is this connecting with the body's innate intelligence so even though it's a a lot of work it doesn't have to feel hard mm -hmm. in the sense that uh, it might not happen overnight but in a lot of instances when I help women to connect with their body and be just be with their body the amount of wisdom that they can reveal to themselves in a short moment is phenomenal but it doesn't mean that you know we might walk away from that experience then forever feeling whole and well it becomes a practice right but what I'm trying to say is that even though it's a continual practice um, it's it, it is within our body's innate understanding and knowing so it doesn't have to feel so confusing and so challenging and so hard even though it might feel those those things at times but there was is this sense of deep connection and deep understanding and knowingness um, and what I really wanted to perhaps explore we talk quite often about you know, the, the connection between the physical body, the emotional, the energetic, the spiritual, and we're talking specifically here about pelvic pain. Um, and I'd love to share some of my um, experiences of how women um, feel pelvic pain on a physical level, but how then when we connect more deeply with the body, it's actually stems from a more emotional or energetic cause um and that's somewhere that i would like to go but first i'll um throw back to you is um what what do you sense in this is important like from a really practical and tangible um way of understanding the connectedness between those parts of us that make up us as a whole mm, the body connection piece we just continually circle back to it every single time because it's something that we can do ourselves so it's there's a simplicity component there because it is something that we don't need to go and seek an external provider or practitioner or tool to to have access to that body connection i think that's an important important piece for women and you're right it doesn't happen overnight and if I reflect on my own experience I I can remember a time when I did have very painful periods and I'd been on the uh, I'd been on the contraceptive pill for more than a decade uh, before I came off of it and wanted to come off of it so that um, because in the in the coming years I wanted to conceive a child and so I wanted to give my body plenty of time um, to find its natural rhythm again but during that you know 10 12 years of um, being on the contraceptive pill I probably can count on you know probably had less than you know 15 um, periods during that entire time because I think women are also often encouraged to you know it's, it's okay to skip the the sugar pills and um you know and just continue with and you have this great you know you basically have this great life because you know you never you never have your period and you can travel and not be worried about you know having to take any sanitary products along with you and all of those pieces and there's no pain associated with having your period that month and I mean, there's a, that's a whole nother conversation in terms of that being a, um, a manufactured period in and of itself anyway. So it's not, the, it's not really a true reflection of what your natural cycle would be like. But um, that aside, I, um, 
when I then did start to um, menstruate again, which took, you know, it took quite a significant amount of time before my period really even even returned. And then to find any kind of normalization in uh, in cycle length. Um, and I, I suffered a lot from um, recurring UTIs during that period, like really significant UTIs, which would um, which would bring a significant amount of pain associated with those. Um, and I, it wasn't really until I started, you know, as part of my fertility journey, really started to having the yoga practice behind me and to support me to really tune into, okay, what is actually going on in my body physically, but more so what's actually going on in my body emotionally and energetically and I remember sitting on a balcony in Thailand on this little island with my husband um, and we and I um, I'd been off the pill for a little while and I remember sitting down in a meditation and asking myself what is my greatest fear around around this connection to my body around my cycle not necessarily knowing when I'm ovulating and all of those pieces and the 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 main message that came through was this this underlying fear that I had um mixed up or confused my body so much by having so many years of the contraceptive pill and skipping all of these periods that I'd somehow confused my body so much that I then actually wouldn't be capable um, of conceiving a child. And so then when I started to work on that piece, which was very much not a physical piece, very much an emotional piece, and I started working on that narrative and story around, well, maybe I won't be able to conceive. Um, things then started to fall into place. And that really was the catalyst for my work in this area um, and moving into um, working, working in the women's health space through, the, through that lens of yoga. Um, and so, you know, that was, you know, it's like eight, eight years ago now. So um, it has been this unfolding process and like you say continues to be as well I my sense is you know there was a piece then around moving through pregnancy and then birth and then postpartum and now in that period where you have children and you're back to having a menstrual cycle again after breastfeeding if you if you choose to breastfeed and and when that period returns after you've had your child you know, there's there's that period of what it feels like for women in those menstruating years, even in between children as well. And then, you know, and then as you're experiencing right now for the last, you know, almost nine months, um, not having a menstrual cycle. And then, of course, you'll have the baby and then move through postpartum period. And then again, that return of the of the cycle. And then as we move towards menopause um what that will feel like and then post menopause that connection to the body and so my sense really is that as women really until the day we take our last breath on this earth in this lifetime there will be an opportunity for self-inquiry and there will be an opportunity for that self-inquiry to be around the connection that we have with our body I so love all of that and thank you for sharing that story because I think it so beautifully demonstrates that interconnectedness that we're talking of where it is a physical experience in our body but when the inquiry goes beyond the physical body and to that energetic and emotional body there is so much that is revealed in those moments to us and the connections and the, you know, your mind is blown, right? Um, and, you know, I've had so many experiences with women who 
come to me, say, for a physical complaint, maybe it's incontinence, maybe it's pelvic pain, maybe it's um, a, a prolapse symptom, um, heaviness or dragging within the pelvis, and they've done the physical work. They've seen their GP, they've seen their obstetrician, their gynecologist, they've tried different medications. They might have even seen a pelvic floor physiotherapist and done the pelvic floor exercises. And what I am always so fascinated with is how when we blend this more holistic and integrated approach and begin with that emotional and energetic inquiry and sensing into the body, and asking the body those beautiful, like you said, it's, you know, what is my biggest fear? So a, a quite simple question and then the answer comes and wow, okay, this is where the processing is to be had. Um, and often, you know, when I'm witnessing women in, in these moments, it's things like I am really unhappy in my relationship and I just need to get out of the relationship or I actually am, I've have this marina um, and it feels so wrong and uncomfortable, but I felt railroaded into having this. Mm-hmm. And so I want it out of my body um, or something like I've stopped dancing and I always loved dancing. It has been, you know, since a young child, it's been in my blood, it's been in my body and I have not had that feminine expression of self and that freedom of movement since becoming a mother and that has been what has disconnected me from my body and particularly my feminine body and this is where I sense the reconnection and the wellness and the vitality will stem from by engaging with the dance again and Mm -hmm. so you know quite often it isn't um a (laughs) It isn't a drug or a, you know, even nutrition or change of what you're eating or something like that. It's more of an expression of emotion, um, connection with the body. So I feel like that's just so beautifully um, shared within your story there. And also how you said, you know, these continual phases that we transition through this evolution of our body that is ever changing and the opportunity for self-inquiry, self-reflection, body connection, and that communication to remain strong. And through that communication, we can sense where the wellness can flourish. And uh, again, moving back to your point, where we don't need anyone to do that for us. Um, there are certainly practices that can help. Um, and I would love if we can share just a couple of really simple, beautiful practices where women can feel and find these access points for themselves to become more in tune and in touch with their body, become connected and have that conversation with themselves because what will come up or what can show itself is so powerful and profound and um, we all have access to our own body's wisdom. There is nowhere that you need to go <laughs> to, uh, to have that be met. So what are your go-to practices or some that you love sharing with women that you feel are profound or um, even though simple? Mm, so anything anything with the breath, of course. Um I shared a practice on the weekend um, during a yin yoga for women training um, where it was a practice where we we focus on the breath and we close our eyes and we have the palms facing up towards the sky and we are visualizing the breath, a scanning of the body and a gathering up of everything that is not ours, all of the pieces of conversations that we've had that that we've brought with us um places we've been where where our feet have hit the earth and we've we've brought a little piece of that place back with us um you know um experiences we've had um you know all these things that we collect as we move throughout our days um all these pieces that are not ours that belong to someone or a place 
or an experience or a conversation. And so it's a gathering up of all of that and a releasing of that through the body, through this, um, through the heart space with this deep sense of compassion and loving kindness being returned to their rightful owners or place. And then we move and we change the hand position to a hand on the heart um, and one hand um, facing the sky. And there's this invitation then for all of the parts of ourselves that we've left in places and in conversations and in relationships and experiences for that to lovingly be collected and sent and returned back to us and there can be this visualization of light or um, smoke or really color moving through the hand and up the arm and into the heart space where it can be um, moved back into the body knowing that as women we have this phenomenal capacity to be able to hold process um, and sit with what is ours and that we absolutely um, have the capacity to move through all that is ours and nothing that is not. And so after doing that practice, bringing the hands down onto the womb space and using the breath in that space to feel the, you know, the belly rise and fall with the hands on the, on the womb space and to simply just ask questions. What is here for me right now? What's here for me? It's just so simple. What's here for me right now? And like you were describing earlier, this almost floodgate of wisdom that can open up for women when they're given the space and the permission to allow that to come through is really phenomenal. Um, and it, you know, thus far with this work has never failed to astound me just how wonderfully intelligent our bodies are and this innate wisdom that we carry as women so that's one practice that I regularly use that I find always has such profound um, yeah impact and and always always receives a response what about you? I so love that. And what I particularly love um, as you were sharing that practice and for me visualising myself doing that practice, it feels so gentle and so soft, simple and profound. Mm -hmm. And often when we're doing this kind of work, it's sold like it's going to be, you know, you're going to have this huge breakthrough and mm -hmm. maybe this um, oh, felt so heavily in the body and it's going to be hard and you've got this block that you need to move through. And you're going to make sound and it's going to be big and, I yeah. mean, we've seen, we've seen all the videos. I mean, women will have seen the videos that... Um, you know, and the images of women having these massive releases and I'm assuming that's what you're referring to. When you're yeah, about. and also just the whole sense of this is going to be a block that I have to move through. And mm. it's actually, hands out, let's <laughs> through the spaces, let's feel yeah. the parts and paths that we've been through and the journeys that we've been on where we've collected stuff that doesn't feel like ours Oh, my yeah. body is so wise. It knows what's not mine. I'm going mm -hmm. to give that back. What have pieces of myself have I left? I'm collecting all of those up. They feel so nourishing and delicious and yeah. they come back to me and my body. Super simple. So simple. But soothing and nourishing. It doesn't have to feel like I'm moving through something. So I, I particularly love that. And um, we don't have to know what those pieces are and the way you've just reflected that is so perfect because we don't it is literally just as you've just said 
all the pieces that I just know don't belong to me. I don't need to be able to label them and say it was this conversation and this experience and this happened. We don't need to be, it's not not necessary. It's not needed. It's, it's almost irrelevant. Um, it's just a knowing that we're carrying things that are not ours and that there's things that are ours that we want back, that we want to be able to reclaim. We don't even need to know. We don't need to know what they are either. We just need to know that they're there and we would like to reclaim them. And that's it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, a beautiful practice that both you and I um, share is a really, I call it a journey through a pelvic bowl guided journey or self-guided journey, um, a visualization of moving around the pelvic bowl and meeting all the spaces of this part of our body. So very simply starting at the pubic bone, moving up to the you know right frontal hip bone. And as we're moving through, sensing into the body, feeling the space, feeling the sensations, feeling for energy and emotion and physical sensations, moving around to the sacrum, the right side of the sacrum, moving towards the right sit bone and then towards the coccyx or the tailbone, back to the uh, left sit bone, the left sacrum, just clocking around the pelvis there, visualizing all the pieces and the parts, feeling, sensing, and bringing the breath, as you said, so beautifully always connecting to the breath and breathing into that space of the body. And again, super simple questions. What is here for me? What would feel nourishing? What is my next step? Um, what is it that I would like to let go of? What do I want more of? You know, very simple questions, but connecting into this space in the body and that really grounded space of self uh, and again, with that very gentle curiosity, kind, loving heart, uh, and also without, and what I love how you beautifully articulated is without gripping on to having a label or an understanding or of a knowing at the intellectual mind space, just allowing it to come up from the body and to come up in its own time, which it will. And whether that's during the practice immediately, it might not be. It might be hours later where you get, oh, actually, I've just had this thought. Um, or it could be something so simple like um, go and have a sleep, you know. And that's, that's the profound body wisdom that is available, accessible, and all you need to know as the next piece of information for your body to follow. Um, and so I love those really easy simple practices um, always available to us uh, and it might sound you know um, so simple uh, that it's like well you know how's this going to reveal something to me that I've been trying to figure out for you know years for example mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> It's somehow, you know, it is the way because it's the way of the woman and it's how our bodies operate and work. And the, you know, I feel like it's the world's best kept secret is that we hold all of this information within ourselves. And because it's so available to us, no one has to pay anybody to, um, to be able to access that information and that profound wisdom. It's held within you. And so, uh it, it is super simple and that's why it's so powerful and we've had enough embodied practice ourselves and sharing these practices with so many women and having them have that embodied embodied experience as well that even if the you know the clinical evidence is not there in terms of the research and you know there's you know it doesn't matter because it's the honoring of the woman's individual experience and if she has the experience and she feels the shift then that's the clinical evidence right there absolutely and we always so beautifully blend this scientific 
evidence-based uh, clinical understanding with these beautiful embodied practices. But this is my favorite part and pieces of this work for me is when we approach pelvic wellness from an integrated space that actually honors the woman as being the expert in her body because I've seen the results of that clinical pure clinical approach versus the integrated approach and hands down (laughs) the integrated approach is is what gives the woman what reveals to the woman she reveals to herself so much more profoundly her pathway and her own unique pathway um so yes i think we have covered so much um within this podcast and such a celebration i feel of the woman's unique understanding and knowing of her body and what we hold within and when we simply be with how we can we can meet those parts of ourselves that we don't need to rush through it and that we will be stepping one step closer each time and we will be finding our own pathway uh and I feel like it just feels so much lighter than trying to figure it out and, you know, um, find the fix. It's just a revealing, gentle, loving um, way of accessing the body's wisdom um, and being in a space too of knowing that we can expect to feel this wholeness within ourselves and this pleasure within our body and the joy of being in the space of um, being in communication with our pelvic wisdom, our pelvic health, feeling that wholeness uh, and it's available to us. So, yeah, I just really love this conversation and thank you so much. Uh, And is there anything, Kate, that you would love to uh, close with as we come to the end of this podcast recording? the final piece for me as we close out is that the women you know us as women we hold the answers we hold the key to all of the questions and all of the doors that we want to open we we are the ones that have the answers. And so I hope that this conversation and these practices that we've shared have um, sparked interest um, and curiosity in women to, to really sit with that and, and feel into how that feels and explore that and, and always that invitation for exploration and I loved this conversation and as always um, I think having these conversations and sharing in this way is you know powerful in and of itself absolutely thank you for joining us for this episode of the wholeness podcast We invite you to look at the show notes where you'll find reflective questions and links to practices that accompany this episode. Join our community on Instagram by searching wholeness podcast or one word and join the embodied woman club spelt W O M B A N on clubhouse where we invite you to share in real time, multidimensional conversations about women's health matters.